Welcome to the TNT Podcast, where we discuss all of the hottest current events within hip-hop culture, album reviews, politics within the music industry, and more. You all know me by Talorian. I am one half of the TNT Podcast, and of course, I have my brother here with me. Yes, sir. My name is Timothy. I'm the other half of the TNT Podcast, and we're here with the shits. We are bringing unbiased, unfiltered, honest conversations about hip-hop and the culture. So if you're sensitive about your favorite artist or public figure, go on ahead to the next podcast. But you can still follow us, though. Just remember, these are our opinions, and we are only speaking on behalf of us. Thank you all for tuning in. All social media platforms will be in the description for each and every episode. So don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Peace and love. Yes, sir. This is episode 54 of the TNT podcast, uh, TNT, TNT, TNT. I am one half of the TNT podcast, DeLorean, and I'm going to let my brother introduce himself like he always does. Yes, sir. Y'all know me by Timothy. I'm the other half of the TNT podcast, TNT, TNT, TNT. We're here, episode 54, back with another one, a special one. Yes, sir. And uh, we got our brother on, Chris T. Uh, bruh, we so happy to have you on here, bro. <laughs> How are you feeling? Man, I feel good. I'm glad it's Friday. I'm glad I made it through another week. Nice. I'm glad to be on the TNT podcast. Glad to be talking to my bros tonight, man. Just feeling good right now. Yes, nice. sir. Yes, wait, sir. wait till Lorraine. Wait till we got we got to do this right. So we have the singer, songwriter, saxophone <laughs> player. Got yes. Me. Proper introduction. You know what I'm saying? Multi-talent. Bachelor's, bachelor's degree. Master's bachelor's degree. degree. The, the motherfucker that makes me need to get my talents up. What we say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chris T. Oh, man. Man, I, I'm inspired by, by you, bro, for real. It's crazy. Man, yeah, it's crazy. I'm honored, bro. This whole introduction, first of all, y'all y'all do the most. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all. Oh, this is this is really real, though. This is really real. Like, we, nah, we, we, we be talking about you for real. Like, I'm like, bro. I just randomly bring you up in conversation. I'm like, this man got a bachelor's and a master's. <laughs> I need to do something. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. That's facts. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not. Nah, it's more so. It's more so inspired, though, bro. I, I, I'm definitely inspired for sure. I agree. I appreciate yeah. that, man. For real. Just like you inspired by me, I'm inspired by you, man. You be out here killing it. You and Tim, both of y'all. Big fans of TNT. Big fans. Yo, I love it, bro. I appreciate it, man. We we right. fans of you, bro. Like, for real. Like, I've been talking about this project for a minute. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. wow. Talorian yeah, and Ben telling me, you listen to Chris T yet? You listen to Chris T yet? I'm just like, nah, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And then I finally yeah. listened to it, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But no, man. Uh, so how, how are you feeling, man? Uh, during this pandemic, we, we've been in crazy times. A lot of crazy shit been going on. How have you been holding up on your end? You know, it's, it's hard for everybody. Um, I think the biggest thing is just realizing that I'm not the only one, like, dealing with stuff. Like, I'm not the only one who's dealing with, like, loneliness and just feeling like they're not doing enough or very annoyed by not being able to do like normal things um and I think just like being able to be home like I'm back in Dallas now has helped like mm -hmm. tough out the pandemic a little bit although I'm still working although I'm like still 
just as busy as I was when I was in school and doing all the other mm. stuff. But, um, I feel good. I'm in a better space than I was now at the top, than I was at the top of the pandemic. Because when everything first, like, hit the fan, it was crazy. I was, oh, yeah. I mean, it was not there. But I'm in a very, I'm in a much better place now. That's good. That's good to hear, bro. That's good to hear. I would have never known that. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Like, it's it's crazy with, like, the stuff you don't see. You just be thinking everything is just uh-huh. cool with everybody. But till you actually just talk to them, you're like, dang, I did not know that. Yeah, it was like, I, I mean, of course, we were on lockdown. Like, of course, nobody was leaving the house. But I was, like, in the house, like, losing my mind. I was in an apartment with the roommate that I never saw because he was never there I was literally like by myself and that was the first time that I had just like really been by myself and didn't have the ability to just worry about things or do things or have things to keep me productive and busy and it was like dang you really got to deal with the type of nigga that you are like it's crazy so right now it, it was it was awful but i made it through it you know we do the work we deal with ourselves so we can yeah man. bring in a new year a better way a better me i guess but yeah again yeah. a much better space now than i was at the top of the pandemic yeah, yeah. that's good bro that's good yeah, that's good to hear the, the pandemic it put a lot of things into perspective man we were able to see a lot of negative and a lot of positive um so i'm just i'm blessed i'm blessed that we're all still here you know what i'm saying we lost a lot of people uh last yeah. year yeah still losing a lot of people this year um but how y'all feeling about that vaccine though <laughs> uh, i'm 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 i don't want to say 50 50 i'm gonna say more so 60 40 in the 60s don't take it in Ooh. the 40s like <laughs> in the 40s like i want to do some stuff like <laughs> yeah man yeah man yeah so i don't know i'm yeah. skeptical still I was very skeptical, I will say, but just due to everything that I had going on and like me being back home with people over the age of 50, um, I, had it been just me and I just been by myself, I'm like, all right, I mean, I'm good. I can bounce back, you know, but I live with people who can't bounce back as quick. So I went on ahead and I, mm. I Moderna gang, you know, both. Yeah. <laughs> both already. yeah. We've been outside with it since then, you know, we, we rocking yeah. and rolling. I, it wasn't that yeah. bad. I mean, I, I felt a little sick after the first dose. I took the second dose and felt a little sleepy, but I mean, ultimately <laughs> I feel, I feel good. I don't think my microchip is gonna blow up or anything. I think <laughs> not microchip. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's gonna blow up or anything. I think I'm gonna be straight. I think I'm gonna be good. Oh, oh man, not gonna turn into a zombie. Not gonna turn into a zombie. Honestly. No, I hope not. <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm still a little bit skeptical about it. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm like an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. Um, I'm just trying to wait until we have some more information because I'm, you know, I'm not too sure about it right now. But over the past few weeks, I've just kind of been like, man, I just need to go ahead and get it, to be honest, because I'm like you to learn. I want to go out there and do shit. And I'm around people of age. My mom is of age. And, you know, I just want to make sure that I don't put anybody in jeopardy. So I think I'm gonna go ahead and get it done, man. (laughs) Bro, I I might have to, bro. I, I think I am because I am about to be coming home and I'm gonna be around my mom and my pops. Yeah. My pops is yeah. 60. My mom's about to be 60. Like, it's, they getting up there. So I'm like, damn, I'm about to be around us. I might need to go ahead and take it. Yeah. 
I think yes. for me, like, after I got it, it was the fact that I was able to, after, my grandmother was the first person to get fully vaccinated in my house. And then mm-hmm. once I got fully vaccinated, just, like, the feeling of being able to hug, like, truly, mm-hmm. genuinely hug after, dang, it, it literally had been since March. And I didn't think I was the type of person, I'm not, like, a touchy-feely person, like, I'm not really into all of that, mm-hmm. but, like, once you go so long without a hug, you know, right? <laughs> you know, like you. that. It sounds real sappy, but that's that's real life. Like that's a social experiment that they was putting us through. How long can these people go without touching and hugging? Thick. <laughs> <laughs> so just to be able to like put my arms around somebody, you yeah. know, it felt good. Yeah. yeah, and all that stuff is important too, man. Like not oh, yeah. do all that, you we, we really realize like that stuff means a lot. So yeah. Yeah, a little stuff. I'll be like, dang, we really do take a little, a little thing like a hug for granted. I don't be, that's crazy. I don't even think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I was just um, curious. How did y'all two meet? So. I, I feel like Talorian knows everybody. Like, no, I, I really don't. I don't. <laughs> he really I don't. do. He does. <laughs> this nigga knows everyone. So, know everybody. So me and you, I mean, we met through Megan. Yes. Megan. So I've been knowing Megan since I was in the sixth grade. Uh-huh. And then I left the Soto in like the end of eighth grade and I moved to Irvin. Yeah. And so yes. I knew Megan and me and Megan followed each other, of course, on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I used to see Christian like in the comments or something. I think when I would comment or something like that. And then we were supposed to meet up one day, I think it was, but we didn't never meet up. And but no, I was at the I was at the what do you call it? The the uh, it was like the poets, the poets in autumn tour or something. Yeah, and I ran yeah, I ran yeah. into you. Yeah, so I had the first had time we met up like with him. Yeah, I had been meaning to meet up with him, but I coincidentally like it's like I accidentally met him in oh, person. That's, like that's crazy. Like because he was at the poem uh in autumn tour and then I was there. So like I literally like just chopped it up for him, like chopped it up with him for a second. And then uh I think after that, that was and that's when I had blocks. So after that, like I got in the military and I had been like I got in the military and I talked to him on social media, but we still hadn't like really linked up. And then it wasn't until we all linked up, like when you was with us, that when I was actually hanging out with him, like for the first time. That was when we went to Stir, right? Yeah, Yeah. that was like the first time like I hung out, hung out with him. Like, but we had been knowing each other for years, like like years, thirteen, fourteen, yeah, something like that. So like, so it was crazy. Like we knew each other, but we didn't know each other. Like, so it was weird. It's crazy. But I mean, like. We had had enough conversations. From like, oh yeah, yeah. Tay, Tay Lord, yeah. yeah, that's my yeah, nigga. Yeah. I know him. Like, yes, we, that's my bro. Like, yeah, yeah it was like that. Like, we had had enough interaction, yeah. non-physical, like, yeah, for me, like vouch for him and like say that. Yeah, we, for sure. you know what I'm saying. Like, it, it wasn't no, no weird stuff. Like, uh, yeah, been, been, like internet talking and they ain't never met before. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, it was <laughs> like that. We was like, it was like a like a love mutual respect thing. And yeah. It was just like. We would always talk all the time. We just had never got, it's like when I got in the Air Force, I really didn't have a chance to actually link up with him. Cause it was like, he saw me at the, the tour 
And then after that, it was like I was in the Air Force and it was like the he next was gone. Years. I was just, yeah. yeah. So I was like, he never saw me in between that time. So we never got to really hang, you know, until like I came home that one time. And then, yeah. then that's when we like actually hung out for the first time. But yeah, I've been knowing him since like 2013, something like that. Like, yeah. Wow. And I also feel like Taylorian's taste in music was like always good converse like it was a good conversation yeah. driver so yeah if i don't talk to taylorian about anything we're gonna talk about a little bit of current events i mean we're gonna check in with each other because he over there doing dangerous stuff want to make sure <laughs> i'm not doing it's not but, that dangerous i mean you, i don't this. know what you was anything over there doing <laughs> i don't know what you was over there doing i don't i'm, I'm talking I'm about the plane like, jump Talking about the plane jump. Oh, adventurous. You do everything. You like to jump what? out of trains, planes, trains, cars, all I've of that. I jumped out of a train. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not, I'm not doing will. it. Or not that we know of. Shoot. Not that we know hey, of. <laughs> I'm telling you, it never happened. I don't plan. I'm not that. I don't want to say white, but I'm not that adventurous. <laughs> Nigga <laughs> jumped out of a plane and went to the Grand Canyon. He said, "Cat, <laughs> stop the cat!" Said, <laughs> like, "Stop the cat!" Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. Nah, but yeah, we always have music conversations, and then um, I remember one time he was just on live, and we just was like on live, just talking. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh no, I remember you dropped. I think you dropped the single uh, "Suicide," and I was like, I was like. Nope. Don't break my I was mind. like, are you dropping something? Like a uh, like a project? I was like, I wanted to know. I was like, he's like, I'm working on something. I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's just how we just, how our relationship, man, we just been talking and we talk about music and just life and stuff like that. So. That's what's yep, up. That's cool. I, was, I was just curious because I feel like you know everybody. You the plug. So, you know. Really now, bro, I, I really don't. I, I wish, like, people always say, they be like, bro, you know everybody. It's like, I do, but I don't. It's just like some people, I, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, some people I know, like, I just, I know a little bit about them, or I be around them a little bit, but I don't really know them. But, like, my circle is really small. I just know a lot of people. But he's my brother, though, so it's not like a, I know him, and he's just somebody, he's really, like, my bro, but, yeah, I know a lot of people, but I don't hang with everybody, so it's, that's really what it is. Yeah. I do know a lot of people, I just don't know them, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That makes sense. But, yeah, but, you know, gotta keep my ears to the street sometimes, you know, <laughs> gotta network a little bit. A lot of big. That's <laughs> or a lot, you know, a lot. Yeah. But yeah, man, where y'all want to start? Like, I, I want to get into this, do this to this EP though. Like, I, I wanna, I wanna talk about this. Yeah, we can, we can get right into it. Unavailable, unavailable. The EP. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what's the questions? That are they gonna? Because hey. <laughs> they ain't told me nothing. They're gonna be asking me, so I'm very, <laughs> I'm low key nervous because it's always the. Who is this song? I'm I'm already pre- I've already oh man I kind of got something similar. <laughs> I got I've I've already coached myself because it's it's a couple questions I got. It's it's some um, you can answer them if you do if you want to. You can not answer. No, something. y'all like I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest with y'all. Y'all might y'all might get more real than I give in these little live streams <laughs> I do because people be on the live streams they be trying to play me. I don't got time for that. Oh man, <laughs> man, oh man. 
Yeah, I got I got mad questions. Uh, unavailable to EP. Uh, this is the first project. So now that it's finally out, uh, my first question is: Do you feel like it's a weight that's been lifted off of your shoulder? Was it a release for you to finally put it out? Because you know, a lot of time as creators, uh, like when me and Tori started the podcast, we were bouncing around ideas, and I was just like, I'm ready to just do it. I'm ready to just get it out. Like, and when we finally put it out, I was like, oh. So do you feel that way? Yes. Like. I was literally stressed until mm. the day, like the day that people heard it, I was on pins and needles, like not sleep, not being able to sleep, barely eating. It's just like, I get, first of all, I get anxious over everything. I don't text back, say, Lori, you know, I do not text back <laughs> because my cell phone makes me so anxious so like <laughs> if that like if my cell phone make me anxious of course my first like ep or like music project will make me as equally as anxious like i was literally stressing over stuff that i knew i could not change the music had already been sent to distribution had already been it's already been it's already on the platforms we like two days out i can't change what people are going to hear so like why am i stressed but it's like after people push play and then you get that initial reaction all of that kind of just started like easing up off of me a little bit. I, I got the first text message and then I got the first call and then I got the second call. And then like two and three other people was calling me like at midnight while I'm still on the phone and all these text messages and tags on social media started coming in. And I feel like that's when the weight like really started lifting off of me. Yeah. And, and wow. was there, were there like major changes that you wanted to make or was it just like, you know, small speaker. I, so I don't, I don't I would say musically not really um because my focus my main focus was just on it just needs to sound good like mm -hmm. with indie artists of course people don't expect indie to do like a full-blown like signed artist rollout like you're not gonna be able to do this big fancy promo video these big fancy graphic like but as an artist that's what my mind goes to so in terms of music I was like okay it just needs to sound good and I was satisfied enough for like this being my first project like okay mm -hmm. I mean at the end of the day my pen is there my vocals is there nothing is nothing is sharp nothing is flat I'm hitting all my notes I'm I'm singing everything in time you know, nothing sounded crazy or nothing sounded off. So I was like, all right, that's good enough for me. Um, not as so far as perfectionist. You're a perfectionist. I am. I am. Like yeah. I'm such a perfectionist. Even on the smallest things, like if I'm if I'm gonna drop like a cover video on YouTube or Instagram, like I it, I will take an hour to record like a 30 seconds. Oh, wow. I will. I'm wow. such a perfectionist. <laughs> I won't, I cannot afford, or in my head, I can't afford to like have the slightest imperfection i'm such a perfectionist and i hate that about myself i really just want to like let myself be and just release stuff without all of that but that's just the way i am so i wanted to change stuff but again it was already what was done was done i just had to go ahead and let it be yeah i can identify with being a perfectionist I, i'm the same way i'm gonna say it's, it's a downfall for a lot of things for me so i i'm, I'm right there yeah. with you um, and I just want to say that this project was a breath of fresh air. Like we needed this R and D more than ever. Like right now, so <laughs> I just want amazing, amazing project, amazing. I appreciate Thanks. that. 
that's like yeah. one of the I think that's probably like one of the best compliments I've gotten I'm like like a breath of fresh air bro yeah you know air is a it's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> come on uh, like that that is dope when it's time to when it's time to promote this episode, I'm gonna take this <laughs> snippet right here. And post it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh hey, yeah. The name of this episode: Breath of Fresh Air. Breath of Fresh Air. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we should just name it that. <laughs> nah, but, but I really mean that though. Like I'm being for real. Yeah, that's that's real though. That's that's yes, bro. My question was, um, it was about the like the song in particular, Falling. So I'm I'm kind of going through okay. like some of the songs. So you you said you maybe want to take a chance on love again. Are you talking about like a future woman, or is like that you want to be with? Now are you talking about like somebody in the future? Pretty I, much. Like, are you talking so, about like a future woman that you want to? So talk to? when I wrote it, it wasn't uh, like a future thought. I was kind of like reminiscing on a feeling that I had about somebody at the time. Just because, like, people who know me know that I'm not, I like dating relationships. Why? Like, no. Um, that's just that's just who I am. I'm really trying to work on that because I want to be, I want to be married and have children one day. But like, at the time when I was writing it, like, no, that's just not where I was. So the feelings and emotions were so strong. It's like, dang, I don't date, but I could really like date you, like. I could really see myself like being your boyfriend, being your man. Like I could really do that. And I think that line is catches up. Like you're not the only person who's asked me about that line just because mm-hmm. people know that I don't date, like, or I haven't been in a relationship since like high school. Mm-hmm. So that in terms of answering your question, it was about somebody in the moment. It was really just like a past thought. Not really like no uh, anybody in the future, but I mean, you could spin it that way. Like, I could see myself being in a relationship with you in the future. Like, that's how I meant it. But at the time, it's like, okay, this is me talking to somebody in a in a specific moment, in a specific time. Ah, uh, okay, I like it. That was, I was, I was, I was like, yeah, that's like, this is interesting. I don't like, I don't know if he's talking to like somebody in the future. Or it was a current thing going on. I was like, this is this is interesting. I like it. Like all three teams. All three teams. Yeah. It just it just gave me that old traditional R and B sound. I was like, this is this right here is it. This is it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you explained it that way because you know when I listen to music, I'm weird. I like to analyze. Like I, I really get mm-hmm. into the lyrics and shit. So when I was listening to this, I heard the first record falling and I understand what you just said and what you just explained. I was listening to it like it was like a story. So like falling, you were yeah. saying that there's this love interest, and then give me give me all was you saying you know oh, I, want, I want you I got to give a question me question about that. Yeah, I want you to give me your all, and then switch up this love interest switched up on you. Switched and up, then, yeah. And then brown liquor was you. You know, of course, we all know what the title of brown liquor means. We all know what that means. Yeah. And then you know the end unavailable. You said that you were emotionally unavailable. So I, I kind of looked at it as as like a story. Am I am I wrong in that? Or you are uh, like your interpretation is the way that I meant for it to be interpreted. Now, as an artist, 
as an artist, I feel That's like I you can't really you can't really dictate how people listen to your music or mm-hmm. the stories or what people see, what people visualize, like how, what people feel when they listen to it. You can't dictate that. All you can do is put out your best music and just hope that people view it the way you view it. But if they don't, as long as they get something from it. But Timothy, you spot on. Like that's that's literally the way I ordered I it, like, hit up the track list in that in that chronological order. That's the story I wanted to tell. That was that's no, the way that it that's was because when I was listening to it, I was like, this is sequence perfect. And I don't know if that's yes. story or if it's just, you know. So damn, that's dope. I love that. Yeah, that was yeah, that's crazy. That is yeah. insane. I there's so many reasons behind that though, just like me putting it in that order. Like mm-hmm. I feel like EPs. Or as what we've seen of late, because I feel like EPs are just like a recent thing or just the hype around EPs, especially for independent artists. Like EPs normally don't have that type of structure or they aren't that, you know, chronological or they don't tell stories like that. But for me, it was like, I'm not, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't even know if I'm going to do another project after this. So we just going to treat it like like an album. I'm going to treat it like I want to tell yeah. a story in album order or like album chronology. So I'm just going to place mm-hmm. the sets. I'm going to place the tracks in the order that I would tell a story on an album. So that's the way I did it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's what I got from. I was like, this this don't feel like an EP. It feel like an album. Like the way y'all that you kept the calling way this, it an album. I didn't call it. A, no, I kept calling it an EP, but I was just like, when you listen to it, you forget it's an EP because the storytelling it's almost like a lot of people don't do storytelling in that short amount of time so it's just like that it felt like an album so yeah because i mean you just got straight to the point with it so i was like this feels like an album that's what i love me and tawari talk all the time i love short projects i love it when it's straight to the point so this was perfect i feel like this was made for me yeah concepts it's like a concept project it's just like because some people just put songs together for an EP, but this sounded like an actual whole concept. So I was like, I like it. Yeah, and it it is dope, too, that you say that, uh, you know, listeners can interpret it the way they want to, because I also kind of felt like maybe it could be a story of love could be so toxic that it, like, detaches you from Mm -hmm. reality. And you're like, that's what I got from brown liquor. You become unavailable at that point. So it's this whole thing is dope. Yep. That's what I got from brown liquor and unavailable. I was like, woo. Like, I was like, he he going in. Now I'm a I'ma be oh, I don't mean to cut you off. I mean no, I wasn't about to say anything. (laughs) I was gonna say, I'm gonna need because the the saxophone on this room. oh my lord i i plan at my love, wedding listen i would love to have a whole entire project of you just playing the sax give it to me <laughs> yep just give it to me Ooh, you plan you plan the sax at my wedding just tell me the price bro <laughs> oh, have mercy y'all love a wedding sax for i literally have been booked for weddings like i saw that i, I saw that on, on instagram i was like he was playing at a wedding recently Yes, and after that, like the same week, I had about four or five people reach out to me for weddings. I had a boat party booking come through. I'm like, okay, wow. so obviously I'm gonna have to 
start playing a lot. Like I'm gonna have to, cause I, I put my horn down. Like when I was when I got to grad school, I was like, I don't got time for this. These twenty page papers are kicking my tail. I am not in music school anymore. I am trying to be a, a student affairs professional. So let me just put this horn down for a second. So I had I sat it down, and to be honest, like I'm not the most confident in my playing ability. So I I let that take the back seat. Um, mm. And I honestly like to showcase myself as more of a singer, but I, I break it out every now and again. I like to incorporate it in, in some of my shows. And if I'm recording a project, of course, it's mm-hmm. going to have, it's going to be saxophone. Like that'll be like the secondary lead. But for the most part, I just between y'all and myself, I'm not the most confident when it comes to my saxophone playing. And the That's people close to me know that. They know that. They know I hate playing the saxophone. So... So, like, speaking of music, like, like with the sax, are you, like, is your bachelor's in music or is it just, like, education in your master's in, what's, like, so what's your bachelor's in master's? bachelor's is in music. That, so, <laughs> I was going to school for music ed, and I was going through the music program, love Sam Houston, um, I fell in love with, I feel like campus life a lot more than I fell in love with being a band director or a music teacher. And just, mm-hmm. I, I just fell in love with like people and like mm-hmm. relationship building and like engaging with students and engaging with my campus family. And mm-hmm. I love music school, but just the people I was interacting with at the music school just kind of made me fall a little bit out of love with wanting to be a music educator. Um, oh, okay. And I, I feel like now with the insight that I have about just my professional life and student affairs and career and career engagement, like I at the time took a passion because if you knew me in high school, marching band, music, saxophone was my life in high school. And mm-hmm. at the time, it seemed like the only thing that I was good at because it was like I was somewhat an athlete. I was on the football team for a little bit, but I suck. And I did. <laughs> I didn't want to play no more. Like people who know me know that I never stuck to a sport until graduation. I did shot put for a little bit. I did football for a little bit, and I just I couldn't do it. But marching band was it. So in my head, I was okay in school. Like I was top twenty five percent. I wasn't just like the greatest at academics. So my passion was like, okay, this is the only thing I'm good at. So obviously, this is what I have to major in in college. <laughs> I got to go to college. I don't see myself being good at anything else. And it just seemed like the only thing at the time. But the more that I started doing stuff outside of music school, the more that I feel like God just kept on showing me like, no, you are so much more than what you think you are. Like you're actually good with people. You actually okay in the brain. Like you actually really smart. (laughs) You know, you you can't go to grad school if you want to, maybe not for music, but you can go to grad school for other stuff. Like you don't have to just stick to what you think you know or what you've been told you're gonna be. So I feel like people always interpret their stories like the other way around. Like they always go for like the more STEM or the more like education route and then they really want to do like creative stuff. But for me it was the other way around. Like, uh, okay. I felt like really forced to do a lot of creative things, but I really wanted to flex like an intellectual muscle. So I went to school for music, fell out of love with music ed a little bit. And I was like, well, you know what? I still like music. Like I still love music. So I'm not mm-hmm. gonna like switch my major completely because I can still use a music degree. I still want to take mm-hmm. music theory. I still want to take structure and analysis. I still want to take music history. I still want to learn as much as I can because when I work independently, 
like when I get into the R&B realm, when I get into gospel jazz, like all of the genres that fit me, I want to be able to take the things that I'm learning and apply them there because that's not what I was learning in music school. I was learning a lot of technical, classical band, you know, UIL type, Texas music educator, you know, that's what I was getting in music school and it was not really catering to a lot of my interests. So I went on ahead and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop being scary. I'm just gonna get a BA and then I'm gonna go to grad school to be a student affairs professional. And I don't have to have a degree in something that I'm passionate about to still make it work for myself, so. Yeah. Oh, nice. Spitting you brought that down. Bars. Yeah, that was, yeah, man, that was, that's amazing. Um, well, speaking of like, uh, with you like with the music, how did uh how did you open it up for Mali music come about? How did that happen? I saw that and I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a huge yeah, Mali music fan. So I was like, me too. I've been a Mali music fan since like at like really middle school, like the since the second coming. Like that's when I was first yep, same, the second coming. And I've been a stand since. So <laughs> Y'all know I was in San Marcos for mm -hmm. grad school. I was at Texas State. Well, while I was there, I had the opportunity to travel to Austin like quite frequently. I started uh, with this group called Stretch Music. But before that, I was introduced to these twins that go by the name of Jermaine and Jamal. They were pretty big in the Austin area, way big now. They have... Um, Cajun, uh, down South Cajun East is like a franchise that they have in the Austin area. And at the time, they were doing like music showcases, we can call them. They called it the Nightcap Tour. Um, and they would get artists that they had been introduced to in the area that would get a house band together. We would do like an A and a B. They would sell tickets to the show. They'll do an after party afterwards. So I had done that like twice with them. Um, and we had just been in so many other social and music settings. I have been in those settings with Jermaine and Jamal. So me and the twins are very cool. Um, and when they opened their actual location for Down South Cajun Eats, which amazing food, by the way, if you ever in Austin, go check them out. Like food is banging. The vibe is, it's like one of the hottest black owned spots in the Austin area right now. I love it. Black um, owned businesses. We love black it. Black owned businesses support the yep. black. We always support it on here. We always we always talking about black owned businesses. Black support everything. Um, yep. so I don't I, I'm not gonna speak too much on Molly and where he is and what he was doing, but they had a connection to him. He was in the area. Um this is when his last album came out and he did like a private he wanted to do like a private um just kind of like celebration for his release mm -hmm. and I guess they wanted to do it family style and he wanted to be introduced to some artists in the area and somehow by God's grace my name just got thrown in the conversation and I got a call like the week before and was like hey he's coming to celebrate his album release and they want you to open up and I was like me amongst a couple of other artists me um, uh, an artist by the name of Sydney, artist by the name of Gio, um, both two very good friends of mine, and a couple of other people who are in the area too. Um, some of the dopest musicians I have ever played with. We were just all in that space, and it just felt good to like 
be in that atmosphere. Um, so it was it was totally a god thing. Like just for my name to be even brought up in that conversation. Like if even if I wouldn't have had the chance to even be invited to the private gathering, you know, like mm-hmm. just the fact that my name was brought up in the same mm-hmm. sentence, you know, like the fact that people were talking to him and his team about me was just like mind blowing and all credit goes to God for that because I would yeah. not have been able to make that happen by myself. So it was truly and strictly a God thing that I just, I just had to go with it. I was like, so like in a couple of days, you need me there and I need to be ready. <laughs> okay, well, we're doing it. Let's do it. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to turn it down. Like I've been a nah, gas oh, you car. Can't. You can't. That's, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, once man. Yeah, and and that just matches so well for you to like open up for him because y'all have that similar sound, and it's it's perfect. That's just perfect. You're the perfect opener for him. That's perfect. Man, I like so my voice is very it's different. I don't it's it's not like what a lot of people prefer, and I feel like I model and mimic. It's a couple of artists that I just like praise like crazy praise but molly music was one of the first artists that i meshed with musically and vocally because i could do a lot of the same things that he could do or he did a lot of the things that my ear liked and that mm-hmm. felt good to me um and his writing style like in terms oh, yeah. of christian music was just so mm-hmm. out of the ordinary and out of the box at the time like mm-hmm. i was heavy into like ty tribute molly music mm-hmm. uh, early Kiera Shear, JJ oh, Shear. I was I, I was heavy into all of them. So when Molly Music and other artists like him stepped on the scene, I was like, this is not like regular Christian music. And I love yeah. it. Uh, and I like the way they sing. Mm-hmm. It's like churchy, but it's like very modern mm-hmm. and very content. Like it was, it was a mix of everything that I wanted to encompass. Now, while I am not a Christian artist, um, I feel like the style, like his vocal style is mm-hmm. what I admire. Oh yeah, I can I can see that because when I hear, not saying you sound like Matt, but it's just like y'all make that same type of music, that same genre of music, and I was just like, perfect. That's perfect opening. Like, and it's almost like you, uh, people hearing him, it was like they'll hear you. It's like, yep, it's that same type of music. So yeah, yeah that was, that's like the perfect mesh. Did you did you get to uh like conversate with him or build with him or anything or was it just like a yeah like we we got to talk um so we he did a mic toss at the end of everybody so we all performed he performed a couple of selections off of his album and he invited everybody on the stage and he did a mic toss so we got to sing together um afterwards we chopped it up very briefly just because he's a busy man he I didn't want to like spend 20 minutes like just in his space in his face like talking <laughs> about nothing um so we chopped it up a little bit and really just telling each other how much we admire and, and love each other I mean me more so to him than him to me but uh, we chopped it up very briefly and I was like that was enough for me even the five minutes that I just shared a space with him like literally this is somebody that I never thought I would have the ability or capability to just even meet let alone perform for and with you know what I'm saying like just five minutes with him 
to just talk outside of just like being on stage with him was enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I was on a high that whole night. Like I got I in the car. I, I'm not gonna lie. I may have, I may have shed a thug tear or two in the car. <laughs> I would have. <laughs> I would have. I, I, I love Malibu. I was just. I was like in the bed that night and I could not sleep. And I was just like, bro, like that really just happened. Yeah, that's life changing. Yeah. That is life changing. Yeah, man. Man. yeah, salute to him for that, man. That's salute nice. to Molly. Salute to you. That's, that's yeah, amazing. And, and salute to anybody who made that happen. J- them twins, Jermaine, Jamal, all my Austin friends and family, like that God and between God and them, they definitely keep your yeah. boy in the group, And I'm so grateful for all of them. Man, I love it, bro. I love to see it. Love to see it, man. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to know, um, do you still feel like there is a place with the landscape of music right now for traditional R&B? Because we're in the middle of this old trap R&B, like, you know, it's not about vocals anymore. You still feel like there's a place for that and people still appreciate that? Yes, I do. But the sector is very small. Mm-hmm. I feel like, one, I hate when people say R&B is dead. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. R&B is not dead. Y'all just either pay it no mind mm-hmm. um, or y'all keep it hidden because y'all I push everything. That, and I'm a, I'm a lover of all types of music, so I'm not going to knock any music in what I'm about to say, but y'all push other things to the forefront as traditional R&B when some of these things, they lean more towards trap music or they lean more towards the the hip hop style. When R&B is not dead, R&B is just really hidden. And there are some gems, like there are indie artists that need to be signed. There are indie artists that need to be backed by the power of a major label i can spend hours talking about some of the indie artists that i admire who make like legit real uh, like the r&b y'all talking about is dead that's mm-hmm. what they making but i mean y'all don't know about them so yeah. anytime i have the opportunity to <clears throat> name drop an artist that i know nobody has heard of like not a lot of people know who kenyon dixon is or india sean or um brick lane Lane drop drop. like a johnny ombrick like nobody knows of these people but you see them all the time like a johnny sings background for her kenyon dixon does background work for big name people like bet avery wilson all of the people that you see on the terrell Mm -hmm. you know like those are people who make this r&b that y'all say is dead. And I mean, if you would just like take the time and just really do a deep dive, you will see that R&B is alive and well. And it's really like the center of the indie industry, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. People, I I feel like with music, like good music, people are just not searching for it. They just taking whatever the radio gives them. They just like, oh, you know, R&B is dead. Real hip hop is dead. Real whatever is dead. I'm like, no, I just think y'all are just taking whatever the radio gives y'all. Y'all not actually searching for good music. Because if you search hard enough, you can find good music. I'm talking about where you'll never listen to the radio. Absolutely. And I say that more so R&B because, like, there's been plenty of times when I've been on my phone on Title and I just get it clicking and go down the rabbit hole. And there's mm-hmm. so many different R&B artists that are so dope. And I yep. agree 100%. That is a fact. That, is that a fact. little infinity sign... On Apple Music, 
will <laughs> really surprise you. And I, like people, I was before I had an Apple Music or Spotify account, I had a SoundCloud because SoundCloud was free. Mm-hmm. I can have it. On, <laughs> I have it on in the background while I'm playing with other applications on my phone. I could stick my phone in my pocket, have my little earbuds in my ear. So SoundCloud was my mm-hmm. introduction to a lot of these people because that's where they were before they like really started developing as artists. And it's it's just a, it's a crazy thing. But R&B is out there. I definitely think that people just need to take the time to do deep dives and not be so closed off to what they like. Like push yourself past what you prefer and you will be surprised. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Yep. Um, so like on this project, it, it gives me like that, um, I don't know, it, it, it sounds like a renaissance time, like like a black renaissance time when I listen to it. I feel like I went back in time and uh, so like, I know during that time we was facing like oppression and you know, and, and racism. And it seemed like music was like one of the only things. That's what I felt like when I was listening to this album. I felt like I was like back in the, like in the audience in the 50s or 60s and you was just like on the stage performing when I would hear the sax when I would hear the horns, I was like, this feels like, this feels, this is like feel good music. Is that what you was going for? Like a Renaissance sound or did you, it just so happened to kind of have that sound or were you, were you trying to make that sound or it was just. I would say certain tracks, I was like, I needed to feel like that. Like for instance, switch up just the meter that is. That song in particular. (laughs) I was like, I felt like I was in the audience Black Back in the speed. day, and it was like like during the time of racism, but it was like the music forgot, like it made you forget that there was racism around. Like yeah, like it felt like that time. That's powerful. that song in particular is That's the song powerful. that I felt that on. Yeah, I like literally, y'all. I'm so grateful for this interview. Y'all are affirming everything that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I wrote Switch Up. Switch Up was. Either it was either the first or the second song written out of all the things that I had written on that project. Mm-hmm. And it did not start the way that y'all have it, the way that it has been given to y'all, it was not like that at mm. all. Like it was very much trap RB. The way really? the, track, the track that I had lined up for it was very much Bryson Tiller. That's what it was. Wow. That's what it was supposed to give. Because and, I hear like I hear like church organs. I hear the sax. I was like, oh, this is taking me like to church into like uh, a 50s, 60s type. Cl- I was like, the fact that it wasn't going to be that. I'm so glad you made it that. Like, oh my God. It wasn't supposed to be that. Like, the only song, I can truly say the only song, the only two songs that were given to y'all the way that they were intended were Brown Liquor and Give Me All. Fallen was written to a different vibe, a different feel. Fallen was supposed to be more Afrobeat. Um, Switch Up was supposed to be very... The trap and B, Bryson Tiller, unavailable was actually a country tune. Unavailable has a whole track, but I'm pretty sure you're gonna ask about that. But switch up, yes. Switch up was is very speakeasy, very Harlem Renaissance. 
And I was very intentional about that, like even with the instrumentation of it. So I was like, I wanted to be very minimal. I wanted to feel like I'm at a speakeasy. I don't, and even he had the bass line plucked out on the keyboard. Shout out to Sinkamani, the whole producer for the project. That man, that boy is cold. Everything yeah. out here, he arranged, he put together. Sinkamani is the GOAT, and his project is 50 million times better than anything I have ever put out. So I'm going to send that to y'all afterwards. Send, send, it, send it right send through. This project is amazing. Send so, it right through. He had the bass line out. Like he had it structured on his keyboard and i was like i don't want it like to be just like keyboard and snaps if i really want to go for a speakeasy feel i need an upright bass mm -hmm. like i want a big mm -hmm. jazz upright bass and my boy ej shout out to the duo productions he is one of the coldest keyboard players or he's the one who plays the organ on brown liquor Man. he is a a, a fantastic bass player and he's also in the jazz studies program at texas state so he owns an upright and i said okay i know you've done tracking for brown liquor i know you've done some synth stuff the synth solo at the end of brown liquor he's the one who does that he's the organ on brown liquor but i also know that just as well he can play keys he can play bass even better so i said I need you to throw some upright bass on this because this is the feel I'm going for. He said, say, listen, I got you. I can do this. And I said, okay, bet. So after he sent me the upright bass track, I told Saint, just cut, cut the bass that you was playing in your hands and just insert this upright bass track. And that solidified like that speakeasy 1920s Harlem Renaissance. Oh my like, goodness. Like, yeah, like, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's when, the, that's when the Renaissance was like 20s, 30s. And then, yeah, that, that sound was just... I was like, this is like the perfect song. Yeah, Switch I, 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 Wow. Switch Up is one of my favorite records on, on the yeah, man. Not only was the music part of it great, but them bars that you were spitting was fire Bruh. too. He, he had a line in there where he, when you he said, said- When you said what goes said, around went, comes, a, comes yeah, around that, tenfold, come back tenfold, I was like- That's what yeah, I was about to say. He said, I was like, that, old, that nigga spitting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact line I was about to say. I was very surprised that y'all liked that one. Like a lot of people have said, that's my favorite one. And I'm like, bro, that's not even meant to be y'all's favorite. That like in brown liquor. Head, I was like, that's not, this is not gonna be that favorite. It's the best they one. That in brown liquor. Uh, that song is up there for me. Um because yeah. when I heard when I heard like because I was I listened, listened to, I was like the instrumentation, the lyric, I was like, this. This is a top song. This and Brown Liquor. Those are my. The whole thing is amazing. Those two are mine. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, I had a question about the uh, the Brown Liquor sessions. I had a chance to actually watch <laughs> that whole entire Dang. thing. And I just want to say that shit was fucking dope. Um, I've Dang. always wanted to be like a fly on the wall in, in like studio sessions. And I felt like watching that, like it was, it was a a live experience like actually I felt like I was there um so was that something that you did intentionally uh in regards to like us not being able to see live performances during the pandemic uh, I felt like that was the perfect thing uh to put out there to, to kind of showcase your talent so did you kind of do that uh intentionally or was it just like ah oh, fuck it I'm gonna just you know put this out there yeah that that was that was the intention behind it so when unavailable dropped that was November of last year. 
I wanted to do some type of party. Like, let me just scale back and backtrack a little bit and say, people do not know how stressful and how much work it is putting out any type of project on your own with no label. So I was like, I want to celebrate this. Like, I don't ever get the chance to just really sit back and celebrate my stuff. And, and this is like, uh, that was a really, like, this project is a very big deal for me. Like, I put it together. I was unemployed, funding it on my own, pulling resources together on my own. I wrote the whole project by myself. You know, like, that was a, it was a really big thing for me. So I really wanted to do something. Of course, me at the time, just having a, a real salary job, still broke, you know, not really able to do a lot at the time. I was like, okay, if it, I'll just do a live, like an Instagram live. Um, but I wanted to like maybe even do a small thing in my backyard in person, but I had COVID. <laughs> like that, I caught COVID like a week, like maybe three. Oh, weeks. I remember when you told me about yeah. that because because I think you were supposed to do some session with Taylor. Shout out to yes. Taylor. Yes. Shout out to Taylor. <laughs> Love Taylor yes. so much. We got to have her. Black Boy Joy. We were supposed yeah, to do Black Boy you know, Joy. Yeah. It was supposed to be me, um, Kev. Devante slash Luca, mm -hmm. um, Polo the Vibe. It was going to be like all of the, the hottest male R&B vocals. Yeah. And I had to back out of that because I had COVID. And that was also going to be a good time for some exposure right before my project dropped. So I wasn't able to mm -hmm. do what I wanted to do because I had COVID. Um, and then from then on, I was like, okay, well, I got a job now. So let me just start taking a little bit out. Put y'all on game. Start taking a little bit from yourself and just sitting it back for other little side projects. So that's what I was doing. And I was like, finally to a point to where, oh, I got enough, you know, I got enough set back to do a little some, some, you know? So it was very much like tiny disc feel. Uh, I wanted to put it together in a way that was very casual, yet still official. Um, really just kind of like a fly in the wall in a studio session, but still live sessions. Mm -hmm. so, oh, man. Yeah, That's very so cool. big thing that I uh, I was very proud of myself for being able to pull pull that off. And shout out to the team for that. Kill uh, Kill Cohen was the the visual person, the visual director, and the the videographer for that. Uh, Colin Tucker that was actually shot at Texas State. Te That's Texas State University Studio. Oh, and, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It, that oh, that studio was owned by them. It's called Fire Station Studios. It used to be the fire station that's in San Marcos. So it's very dope very vintage it's everything i wanted for that type of visual project and um it was it was even made more special because i was able to bring in the actual musicians who helped me with the stems for my project so like brian johnson the the same person who played the guitar solo on brown liquor that's the same person who you saw in the session the same person you've seen playing keys and organ that's the same person who was playing all of the keys and stuff. That's that's uh, EJ. That's the one who was playing all of the stuff on Brown Liquor. And that's the one who played the upright bass on Switch Up. And James, while I wanted him to be a part of the project, he um, I, I couldn't get him for the project because, you know, finances and stuff. But when I was able to get him for my live sessions, I said, you need to be on here. So this yeah. cool you too, because he's also a musician that I play with and I gig with a lot when I'm out hidden in different cities. So I wanted to be, I wanted to be with my boys. I wanted to be with my brothers. I wanted to be with my family. And that, 
I feel like made it more special for me because I was able to just like relax and be in the moment and actually have fun the way I would have had I had like an EP release or like an EP type celebration for my project. Yeah, so you really make music in literally the traditional way of like gathering people and live instrumentation. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It, looked like, it looked like it was just like a fun, a fun time. It was, you were comfortable and it was just, you know, like I love, I love watching it. I was it engaged. Was. It was, I mean, putting it, so the initial recording of it was, I would say I planned for a lot of things and I had a few setbacks. Like I had to go in and do another session. Originally it was supposed to be just one long day or like one set of like six hours. We go in here, we record these sessions. Everybody knows the music. I have, you know, stems to kind of help fill in some places. But, you know, some things happened, um, wasn't able to get all of what I wanted in that first session. And then the winter storm came like the week that I was supposed to release that. And it set that project back because I want to say the day that I was supposed to release it was like we were in like day three or four. People were still without power. And I was like, I'm not about to. We ain't, how are we going to watch it? How are we going to watch it? Everybody. <laughs> we, we, how are we going to watch it? Like everybody who, majority of the people who would enjoy it and appreciate it are in Texas and we are without power. So we scrapping it. And while I was very hurt in the moment, it allowed me the opportunity to set up another session and put it out the way that I wanted to. So when I first went in, after we started gathering all of the content and trying to mix and master everything and put the the visual clips together, I was like, okay, I mean, it's kind of what I want, but it's not what I envisioned in the beginning, but we just gonna rock with it. And I'll just do like two episodes and I can do a continuation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the winter storm was a blessing in disguise because it delayed it. I was able to go back in, fix some of the things that were not there initially. Uh, re-record some things we were able to go in and remaster some things I was able to pull Sinkamani back in to help with some mixing and mastering and I was able to put it out the way that I intended to put it out so I was very grateful for that nice nice that's so dope bro yeah I I enjoyed that I really enjoyed I was like and Ari (laughs) Ari was loving it (laughs) (laughs) Ari be vouching she vouches for Chris for real I, I love it I love it. I love her. Okay. Ari, Ari loves you. I love it. Yeah, uh, man. I did want to uh, bring up something that you said on there that was very, very, very powerful. And it like really, it really hit me. Um, it was when you said that uh, you've learned to be there for yourself and to show up for yourself. Um, and as long as you're able to do that, you know, whatever people think about you and what society thinks about you, it doesn't matter. Like that that is so powerful because if, if we as humans would just not worry about what the fuck society thinks, like it would make life so much easier. Yeah. So um, have you uh, struggled with like, um, like any, I mean, I don't want to say depression cause I don't want to get too dark or anything, but um, like, have you just been at a low point um, in your life and had to deal with, deal with that? Yes, absolutely. I won't go into too much detail, but I will say my first year in San Marcos was probably the lowest, like the absolute lowest that I had ever felt. Like I was 
one hundred like a one hundred percent alone. I had roommates at the time, but did not like did did not know them. Didn't really care for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I I just felt alone. Like I was in this new city. You know, I had been in a very small town that at the time, like Huntsville is it's manageable. You can be in Huntsville. You can make friends easily. You can put yourself out there easily. Everybody knows everybody. You don't have to worry about reintroducing yourself anytime you step into the room. And I got the same markets and that wasn't the case. And it was just very difficult trying to push through that and push past that. Um, so that was the lowest I had been. And I felt like, at the time, which was very toxic of me, um, I just had these expectations that people would just kind of automatically empathize with me and just automatically be there for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, I know now that that was unfair of me to mm -hmm. put that expectation on people, with one, without them knowing, and two, with them in their own lives and everything that they have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I deal with people and people who are close to me also live very multifaceted lives. So it was very selfish and very toxic of me to hope and to wish that people would like give all their attention to me. And that was a very toxic thing that I went through. It, it drove me to a point of like just depression and I was very low. Um, and I started working out, had to really just like do the work to dig myself out of that. Um, was praying a lot just really taking my spirituality a lot more serious um while while those thoughts are still battles again i'm a lot further along now than i was then and i have truly learned like it is it is definitely i have to be intentional about it like i have to wake up and choose to be there for myself like i have to choose to talk to myself like people think you're crazy when you talk to yourself like no i have to talk to myself sometimes and say we're not going to do that we're not going to we're not going to ascribe to these negative emotions you're gonna wake up you're gonna act like you the shit you're gonna be the shit <laughs> you're gonna have a good day because no we're not doing that you know like i i literally have to be there for myself you know what i'm saying like so when i said that in those sessions while i felt like i was just in the moment trying to pull content together to bring it all together i really felt that like in the process of creating this ep there were many days where i had to just force myself you have to go out and work tonight because if you don't you're not gonna have the money to pull this together like you have to you got to get up and you got to work out because if you don't you're not gonna be able to think straight and write later like i've had to literally be there for myself if ain't nobody else don't push me I am very self-motivated and self-driven. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to talk myself up. I'm going to push myself to the mm -hmm. point where I need to be, to where I can be active and where I can, you know, do and perform. You know, and it's like, again, I said, it's still a battle. Like, these are still things that I have to do. I have not arrived. I am so far from arrival. Nobody will ever arrive. We're going to die and we will never arrive. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you can choose to just wake up and take steps toward your best self, you know, you choosing to be there for yourself, waking up, talking, talking yourself up, you know, like these are things that I have to do daily. So I said that and I felt like in the moment it was just something that sounded cute, but I really felt that like I felt I was watching it with y'all and I was like, damn, like I really I really have been doing a good job of just being there for myself like mm -hmm. over the past year and a half past two years. So, yeah, I'm glad that everybody else felt that way, too. Mm. Yeah, that, that was really yeah, that really hit me whenever I heard it because I, I I can identify with that. I've been there 
before at a low point. And what you said is absolutely correct. Sometimes you just have to say things out loud, be positive out loud. That really does help. And I thought that it was really important that you put that there because during this pandemic, mental health issues have been at an all-time high. So, you know, a lot of people are going through a lot of mental health shifts. So I thought that was, that was really dope that you put that there. It was, it really hit me. Yeah. Yeah. So my question, um, it was, it was about the actual song unavailable. So on that song, when you were like emotionally unavailable, like were you feeling like you were losing yourself or something like when you were like putting that out or before you put that out? Is that, that's how you were feeling? Yeah. That song was written in the middle, smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Mm. It, it was written like when I was like, I was in alone in the house by myself. And I was like, you know, what, let me just try to sit down and write something. And mm-hmm. that like those lyrics came, I, the first part of the song that came together was of course the course, like I'm taking mm-hmm. some time to be with myself. That's what I had first. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved back to Dallas, I was able to, after like, thinking about the other tracks that I wanted to put on the EP, I was able to uh, narrate it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like give you the verse, when I get home. Like I was able to write yeah. that. I wrote that part last and then was able to tie it all together. But it was, that song was written from a very like, very hurt and very like low. Like, let me just mm-hmm. take some time. Like I, I had given a lot of energy to a lot of people and a lot of things and I hadn't really just been good to myself the way I needed to be and just mm. loved on myself the way I needed to be loved. And that that was just kind of like my testament of like, nah, I need to really be paying a lot more attention to me because I've been neglecting me. And mm. I like, again, I need to be there for myself. I need me. Because yeah. obviously we in a pandemic, you know, everybody dealing with their own stuff. I have mm-hmm. to, I have to take, literally take the time to be with me and be there for me because if mm-hmm. not then i'm gonna lose it like i'm literally about to go that shit crazy so yeah <laughs> i meant that when i said it and i still mean it now nah, that that registered with me uh for sure like when you was like uh i'm gonna go home and spend time i was like i'm ready to go home <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like bro i'm ready <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this one right here is hitting me. I was like, this is oh, it right here. Hey. It's time to go, bro. <laughs> I am, bro. I hit four months yesterday. I like four more months. I'm at, I'm back in Dallas. We we four more months. Invite me to the welcome back party. So oh, I'm going to go Yeah. Bro, me and Tim was talking about that. It was like when we have when I come back, we doing a get together. You go you there, of course. Definitely. The whole the whole squad is there for sure. You and the saxophone. Yeah, but- I just, I just want to come turn up. He's like, I don't want to play the sax. I just want to drink. And have, I, just, like, I just want to come have a couple don't of drinks. Don't bring the sax. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to. Oh, no. like, no. it's, it's going to just be a vibe. We're going to play music. Shoot, we're going to go, either going to go somewhere or we're going to, shoot, we might be at my career, but it don't matter. We'll find somewhere. Um, yeah, man. I'm, yeah, for sure. We're going we're gonna to definitely have a get together. But nah, that, that song, I was like, yeah, man, it's that's hit me on a on a personal, real level right now. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, this is this project is amazing, bro. I love it. I didn't play it twenty times. I appreciate that. Like, yeah, I I don't, yeah, like like I said, I was very nervous about all of this because I was like, dang, I gotta I gotta do good because 
I ain't gonna lie, like this might this Summer Walker, this might be the first and the last. Okay? Oh man. First the last. First no, last man, we need, out we need project. One. First the last tour. All of that. This may be the first. The man gonna do the Lauren Hill on us. <laughs> Miseducation, and that's it. <laughs> I ain't getting no more after that. You definitely need man. Um, man. But no, I just had uh, one more question. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, when you make it, because you will, um, is there um, any specific artist that you, or who's the first person that you're running to and you want to work with? Like the first person. You can't ask me that. Um, <laughs> in public. Dang. Um, do I have to give you one artist? Can I just give you like, no, I say list, okay. Do a list, do a list. Oh my gosh! And again, like I f- sometimes I feel, I feel like little asking this or answering this question because a lot of the people that I admire to my core are still in the process of in their own right because mm-hmm. that's what they tell people. Like they still trying to make it right. But mm-hmm. if I had to stop, if I had to start with people who I feel like have just in their own fashion arrived, I would love to work with her. Um, mm-hmm. nope. I would love to work with Xavier Omar. Um, oh, that dude. Oh, Brick man. Liam. Of course. I, a lot of people don't know who Brick Liam is. I would love to work with Brick Liam. Yep, Ari Lennox is a big person that I want to work with. Um, in terms of like just production wise, Ty Dollar Sign. Oh, I would man. love to work with Ty Dollar oh, Sign. Yeah. He is so underrated. Like so, like, so underrated, so underrated. Um, people have forgotten about black, but black really got me through. Black really that like when I was in that first year, SM black really dug me out of a lot of stuff. And I want I want to work with black. Um, I would like to work with Summer Walker and her baby daddy. I want to work with everybody again. I want to be if if I had to pick. PJ, of course, PJ Morton. I would like to possibly be do work with everybody on PJ Morton's label mm-hmm. and everybody at Ghetto Earth. So London, London on the track is somebody who I would like to work with. Um, of course, Ajani, Kenyon Dixon, Samo. Definitely would love to work with Samo. I feel like people ask me what type of rappers I would like to work with. Um, I don't really, while I've been brainstorming, like, different tracks that I could have a verse or have somebody come in and spit, you know, like, I don't really know a lot of rappers. All of the rappers I would like to work with are local. So like Cali the King, Spike mm-hmm. Chester. Um, I feel like I, I I could see myself working with Cypher, Cypher from Dallas, Texas. Um, but yeah, it's like a lot of people that people don't know, but I secretly admire. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could do beautiful things with these people. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought about somebody. I was like, I think his, I think Christian's music would fit perfect with like Fonte, bro. Oh man, that would be great. I don't know. I don't know if you know Fonte is or if you listen to Fonte, but he put me on. So uh was a uh, little brother is the group that he's in. Yeah, so his his exactly. sound, his his uh his sound has like I think he would mesh well with your sound. I know that group. I, yeah. I do believe I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so but Fonte. Is like one of the the guys on the uh, but he has his own like music, and I feel like your music would mesh well with the way he raps. 
That yeah. would be dope too because Fonte not only is he an amazing lyricist, he also sings too. He he yeah. we always talking about. It. He was the first Drake, so he raps. Yeah, him. yeah, he was Drake before Drake. Yeah, that would be that would be dope. Yeah, I could see him working with Fonte for sure. Like the way Fonte raps, Fonte has that like it goes with neo soul traditional R and B type. Yeah, rap. those are the type of MCs. Like those are the type of lyricists that I'm mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you know, like nothing too common. If I get there, if I branch off to that, then yeah. But like yeah. for my sound, for what I'm yeah. trying to protrude and convey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he um he did one song. He did um, I think it was I think it was called Forever. It was, it's this artist named uh, Anthony David. I'm a big mm-hmm. Anthony David fan. Actually, I met Anthony David, and his sound with Fontes is like. Perfect. And the way that Anthony David sings and the way Fonte rap, I could see that with your music. I like yeah. that. Perfect. Like, perfect. You don't you don't want uh future to put a verse on your <laughs> if I get there, I get there. But, <laughs> but if I get there, somebody have a conversation with me because I <laughs> He's like, cause my music I, I, I done switched up. Myself. He's like, my he's like, my music done switched up all the way. Like all the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just feel like I, not that I don't have room to deviate from what I've given y'all, but I feel like if I deviate too far, I wouldn't be true to, mm-hmm. you know, who I am. Like, I put so much of myself into unavailable, and so mm-hmm. much of what I love and what I like is unavailable. While I want to branch off from there and experiment with more sounds, experiment with more people, I definitely want to, like, what y'all have been given is, like, a very, in my opinion, a very nice, solid foundation for me to build and and branch off on. Mm -hmm. That's you. It's all you. That that whole project is just, that's you. That's, I hear that. Like, you know what I'm saying? The renaissance sound, the old school the the just all of that that's you for sure yeah so yeah i love it bro i love it thank you i really appreciate that shoot uh i don't i don't i don't think i got any more questions i think that's it for me i don't want to take up too much of your time you know what i'm saying (laughs) no i really appreciate you for uh coming to hang with us man and talk with us uh let the people know where they can get the ep from let them know let them know yeah Man. All the links. We're gonna we gonna put all the links in the bio and all of that stuff. You can get it everywhere where streaming is available: Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, Title, like literally every streaming platform, I believe. I'm on like um SoundCloud Premium and YouTube mm-hmm. Red, like all of those streaming platforms. Just type in Chris Teague, unavailable, Chris Teague Suicide. Um all, all of my tracks, I've done work with Sage Michael. So if you know who Sage Michael is, if you type his name in, that's also another direct link to me. Also another mm-hmm. dope artist for y'all to check out. Uh, but I, I can be followed everywhere. I'm on Twitter as well, Facebook. But I'm on my, I'm at my friend limit on Facebook. So really just, <laughs> really just uh, Twitter and Instagram and Clubhouse. I just, I just got into Clubhouse. Clubhouse is really fun. So if you find me on Clubhouse, I will add you back. Nice, nice. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Go stream the EP unavailable. Hey, yes, Chris, so much for hanging with us, man. We appreciate you. Um, thank you, Bridgerton. All the best. You, Stay blessed. Keep being great. And thank y'all for tuning in to episode 54 of the TNT Podcast. We'll be right back at y'all with another one.
and peace. We out of here.